Hi. Welcome to another episode of Swipe Left, Swipe Left. With me, Gavin Wong. And me, Claire Crofton. This week, we're speaking to someone who posted their own dating misadventure on our website. She goes by the name Rosie Abiste. And this is the story of her first ever date. Enjoy. Okay, so I was 16 and I was not a good-looking 16-year-old. I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Cumbria and there wasn't really anywhere to go or anything to do apart from one pub which you had to travel about 10 miles to get to which served miners and everyone would go there from all of the surrounding schools everyone would go there. I went one night with a group of a group of my friends and drank a horrendous amount of Blue Wicked and spoke to this guy who I'd never met before who was from a different school and he was from a sort of fancier school. He was two years older than me, um, so he was 18 and I just thought he was really good-looking, charming, charismatic. We got on great. Um, we did gross teenage making out in the pub for like hours and it was incredibly inappropriate and disgusting. He was beautiful. Like he was tall, he had brown hair, he had freckles all across his like cheeks and his nose. He sort of dressed it a bit a bit like a a grungy skater, I guess. 16-year-old Rosie was really into that. I remember he took his wallet out Velcro. It was a Velcro wallet and I remember him opening it when we were at the bar and it just went <laughs> and it was great. I love that. <laughs> I mean, we didn't really even talk about much. We talked about music, I think, briefly and like horrible music, like how much I loved Alkaline Trio and like Dashboard Confessional and all of these terrible emo bands that are absolute dirt and he loved it. So we, we just got on really, really well. So we swapped numbers. I didn't have a mobile phone yet. It was like when everyone was getting mobile phones, but I didn't have one yet, so I had to give him my home number, which, I mean, I can't even imagine doing that now. But the next day, I was talking to my friends on MSN Messenger. I'm sure you remember MSN Messenger. And they were like, oh, that guy, he was like really good looking. And you guys, oh, are you going to see him again? And I was like, yeah, probably. And they were really like egging me on. And like I said, I was not a good, like I was a, I was a horrible teenager. I was just greasy. I looked like I swam everywhere. I was so greasy. And so it was really exciting for a boy to like me because I'd never had a boy like me before. So he called my house and my mum answered the phone and was saying, like how charming and nice he was and he asked if we could hang out again so obviously I said yes and I was really excited it was going to be my first ever date and he could drive because he was older which was super exciting as well you grow up in the middle of nowhere like I used to have to walk a mile to get the bus to anywhere so he was going to pick me up in his car and take me for a surprise date and I was so excited (laughs) 
So skip forward a few days and it's the weekend and he comes and picks me up and he's really lovely. He brought flowers. Pretty cute move for a teenager, I think. My mum answers the door and they talk and she's obviously bowled over by how incredibly lovely this kid is. And I'm super nervous and anxious and weird. And so I get into his car and I'm like, well, what are we going to do? And he's like, it's a surprise. It's a really important surprise. I was like, okay, uh, this sounds exciting. He'd made a mixtape for the drive. Uh, So we listened to this awful music and it put me in a great mood. And I was like pretty chilled out and we were driving. And like I said, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So the nearest town is probably about a half hour drive from my house. And we drive through the town and we just keep on going. I'm like, oh, where are we? Where are we going? And he's like, oh, it's a surprise. Like, I can't tell you. And then it's maybe another 15, 20 minutes and we're still driving and it's getting really dark and I don't have a mobile phone or any way of getting in contact with the outside world and I realise that I'm in a car with a guy that I don't know very well uh, listening to the most emo music. So we keep driving and where I grew up it's in the north of England and we hit the Scottish border and we go into Scotland so we are far from my house right now. And it's dark and it's creepy And all of a sudden, he pulls over, and it looks like we're in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, oh, we're here. And so we step out of the car. It was a really warm summer's night, and it was a little bit windy. I had this pair of horrible, like, black jelly shoes, and this, like, little pink dress, and the wind kept catching it as well, so I kept having to, like, like, hold it down at the same time oh man it was awful and I realised that we are in front of a graveyard obviously the first thing that goes into my head is well this is how I die this is how I get murdered Uh, he has dug a grave and he's going to put my body in the grave and I am going to die I was like what are we doing here and he's like I want you to meet someone I want you to meet someone who's really important to me So we go in and there's obviously that horrible like creaky like really stereotypical like graveyard gate and I'm following him and I'm absolutely terrified my heart is going so so fast and I keep thinking I should just go back to the car but I don't I'm following him and we stop and he's like I want you to meet my dad and I was like oh maybe he I don't know maybe he's a grave digger maybe he's like uh, like he works for the church I don't know uh, no it was uh, we were standing next to a grave which was his father's grave and he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a letter and I was like oh okay uh, and he was like it's actually the one year anniversary of my father's death today I mean obviously I didn't know what to say like what do you What do you say to that? So I just froze and was like, okay, would you like, would you like some space? Would you like, sometimes like, well, actually I've written a letter and I would like it if you were here to hear some of the letter. 
which I stupidly said, okay. So he starts reading this letter and it's like, dear dad, I think about you and I miss you every day and talking about some of his memories. He's been talking for maybe three or four minutes and I decide that actually I'm just going to go back to the car. So I say, I'm really sorry. I think maybe you should just have your own space with your dad. I'm going to go back to the car. I also said at that point, it was nice to meet you <laughs> to <laughs> the grave. <laughs> anyway, so I walk back to the car and I get into the car and I'm freaking out. At some point, something gets in my eye. I don't know if it's an eyelash or whether it was like some dirt from outside, but I can't open my eye and I'm like rubbing it and I'm... He comes back into the car and he's obviously quite upset. But it looks like I've been crying too. Which sort of just encourages him to be like, thank you so much for being so kind and loving. I knew we had this deep connection. I knew that you were the person I wanted to bring with me today. uh, To my father's grave on his anniversary of his death. So he starts the car and we head back towards my house and we head towards the town that's nearest to where I grew up and he's like well maybe we should stop for a drink I don't think I don't think we should let's just let's just go home it's quite late so he drops me home and I get in I tell my mum this experience I was like it was mad xyz happened and my mum says it sounds like he's just a very emotional caring person maybe you should go out with him again So I obviously hop onto MSN Messenger, message my friends like, OMG, this guy just took me to a graveyard for our first date. And they had the same response. They were like, he obviously really likes you. He obviously really cares about you. You've obviously had some sort of deep impact on his life. Just like mad teenagers having these crazy ideas about what love is and how it exists and how it can be like immediate, like love at first sight. So he added me on MSN Messenger. We would chat a bit, but I kind of avoided it. And he turned up at my house. He knew I wasn't doing anything that night. And he turned up at my house and I just hid underneath my bed. My mum let him in and she was like, I'm not sure where Rosie is. Just go up and wait for her in her room. And he sat on my bed as I hid underneath the bed waiting for him to leave. There was just so much adrenaline pumping through my body. I remember getting super hot when you get super hot and sweaty. And I was really aware of my breathing and trying not to move. (laughs) I could hear him breathing and like he moved about a bit. Like I think at one point he put his legs up on the bed and like lay on the bed a little bit. Uh, I had a drum kit in my bedroom. And he got up and, like, hit a few of the drums a little bit. But he was mainly just sitting. Like, And I know that now we have phones and stuff to keep us busy, but I literally couldn't imagine just sitting in a stranger's bedroom for 20 minutes. In my head, he's just staring off like a psychopath into, the into like, the depths of the wall opposite. You know when you watch 
a scary film and someone's hiding in the closet. I feel like it was that. It would have been easier for them to like escape from a closet because at least they would have just been murdered and the pain would have been over. Like I would have to leave under the bed and then explain to this practical stranger why I was hiding underneath the bed. Like that social awkwardness is definitely worse than being murdered. You know that awful film, she has like parallel lives. Sliding doors. doors. Yeah. Imagine if that was my sliding doors moment was him fighting me (laughs) under the bed. Like, I think about it all the time. (laughs) So this was my first ever experience of, like, dating a man. I think it made me really nervous about, like, hanging out with men because I thought they were all just totally bananas. Every time he called the house, I just said I wasn't there. And my mum would be awful. She would answer the phone and be like... Rosie, he's on the phone for you. And I would just be like, no, just don't, don't, I don't want to see him. I don't want to speak to him. And she was, I mean, I think still to this day, she would like it if I like met up with this guy for a drink because she thinks we had some deep connection. What happened to don't speak to any strange men? I know, I know. My mum was just like, he sounds great. I think she was just excited that a boy showed any interest in me at all because I was so gangly and greasy and spotty and gross she was just like overwhelmed by the fact that someone may find me attractive in that horrible state (laughs) what do you think your mum should have done no i think my mum should have said sorry i don't know where she is call back another time in fact don't call back another time get in the bin Have you, like, ever seen him since? No, I actually haven't seen him since. Considering that I grew up in such a small area, I haven't seen this guy or heard from this guy in a long time. The really horrible person inside of me wants to think that I was super special and he only ever took me to the graveyard. (laughs) But I imagine in reality... Like, perhaps it had worked on people before, or, like, he... Like, that was his go-to. I thought about this date for about three years after it, thinking that maybe I'd been an asshole. Like, because my mum obviously was like, don't be an asshole, he obviously just really likes you and is a nice guy. And my friends were like, he's a really just quirky, weird, nice guy. You should see him. And that, like, made me doubt whether actually what I was doing was the right thing to be doing, but it definitely was. I imagine he just says, I met this girl in the pub and we had a really deep connection and I opened up to her in a way that I haven't opened up to people before as a, as a teenager and she totally ghosted me and treated me like trash. <laughs> I think it's a nice story, but I also feel like that guy was, was like, really nice. No, it was I really feel creepy. Like, yeah, that is like borderline stalking, and I totally agree with Rosie Beast that her mum should not have let this dude in. Maybe. Although it's kind of like. 
what could have been? Maybe he was a really nice guy. Who knows? Maybe. Or is he just too much of a creep? Just way too intense. For listening to another episode of Swipe Left, Swipe Left. If you liked it, please tell your friends. You can post your own adventure or misadventure on our website, swipeleftswipeleft.com. Or tweet us at swipeleftleft. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Now, as a single woman who uses Tinder, that experience has influenced how I Tinder now. So obviously, if someone invites me to a graveyard, I say no. Um, But primarily always meeting someone like in a public place, always having a phone on you. Like it made me super sensible in terms of like that kind of dating.